Hello, folks, and thanks for listening in today. I'm Pastor David, and joining me today is Pastor Brendan. Hello, everyone. This podcast exists to encourage us and all of you towards two things. We want to consider and chew on the words of Scripture, and we want to apply those words to our life. This month, we're in Proverbs, so follow along today as we read Proverbs chapter 16. Here's what it says. See, humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord come the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for the day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes their enemies to make peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, human plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. The lips of the king speak as an oracle, and his mouth does not betray justice. Honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. Kings detest wrongdoing. For a throne is established through righteousness. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, but the wise will appease it. When the king's face brightens, it means life. His favor is like a rain cloud in the spring. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. The highway of the upright avoids evil Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Better to be lowly in spirit with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. The blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. Prudence is a fountain of life. To the prudent, but folly brings punishment to the fools. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent. The lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. The appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. The scoundrels plot evil, and on their lips... It is like a scorching fire. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and gossip separates close friends. A violent person entices their neighbor and leads them down a path that is not good. Whoever winks with their eye is plotting perversity. Whoever purses their lips is bent on evil. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in in the way of righteousness. Better a patient person than a warrior one with self-control, the one who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Well, that's Proverbs 31 today. And there is one thing I wanted to talk about, I promised you that I would, um, about parallelism in Proverbs. And Proverbs verse 6 demonstrates it really well. And it says this, Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. And so we have this thing, it's called synthetic parallelism. It's a Hebrew form of poetry. um, And it just means we say the same thing with different words. And so you see it says, 
through love and faithfulness sin is atoned for, through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. And so what you're supposed to associate is the two parts. So love and faithfulness is associated with fear of the Lord, and sin is atoned for is associated with evil is avoided. It's a way to explain a concept more deeply in a poetic way. Yeah, and that's pretty common all throughout uh, Hebrew scriptures, but most prominent in Proverbs and, and Psalms too. Probably. Yeah, yeah, so so all the poetic wi uh, wisdom literature would have uh, lots of examples of it. You see it all over the place. And what you're supposed to take from it is just, um, not that these are two separate ideas, but these two ideas are linked together intrinsically and are, are one thought with two ways of saying of explaining it. Just like a teacher would give you multiple ways of understanding a concept, the... Um, Solomon, as he's writing Proverbs, is giving us multiple ways of understanding that idea. Yeah. Well, so there's several other uh, really uh, amazing Proverbs in this. There's uh, uh, some very famous ones. Uh, one, one that jumped out with me uh, is pride goes before the fall. You know, a, hard, a haughty spirit before uh, destruction. And, and, and you have this, this picture of... Uh, a person building themselves up, and it's 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 a very I don't know it's a it's very visual for me, just kind of like you know someone it's almost like the Tower of Babel, building that big tower higher yeah. and higher and higher until it it collapses under its own weight in a sense, um, and and then you've you know you've got that that really cool very quotable. In fact, that's probably a, a pretty common. Um, such a common verse that people might might not even realize that's in the Bible. Right. It's like pride goes before the fall is a cultural meme. It's ever it's something yeah. everybody's heard. It's part of um, just the English language. It's something we say, and I'm I'm guessing it probably has a parallels in all kinds of languages. It, sure. It's just so obviously true, um, and it also is something that we we kind of long to see. And when somebody gets super proud, <laughs> we start to think like, oh well, maybe they're going to fall pretty soon. And so it's it's wisdom and it's true. Um, but I think it, it sticks because there's there's a feeling of uh, justice or what do the the right. term say the Schadenfreude right so seeing the somebody get their just desserts just desserts I was yeah. waiting for that one yeah uh, and then you've got thirty one where you've got uh, gray hair is a crown of glory and uh, and it is gained in a righteous life and uh, you know there's the the picture of of wisdom that is gained through experience and through uh, just, you know, living life and, and learning from life and, uh, and how that, you know, that sometimes gives us gray, gray hairs. <laughs> right. I know I'm, I'm kind of covering up my crown of glory with I've got longer hair. <laughs> right. But on the sides it's kind of covered up. But yeah. No, what I like about that too is that it tells us that it's attained uh, in the way of righteousness. So it's not... An automatic like just be yeah. getting old doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become wise you could just choose to become old and not wise and you know if, if you're old enough and you know plenty of older people that you'll know some that are wise and and make good choices and and have considered their life and thought about their choices and gotten wiser and we know some who just keep doing stupid stuff like they're 20 <laughs> all the way until they die and so what i like is that the the bible doesn't affirm that wisdom comes just with age automatically it's something you got to work for. If you want to be a wise old person, well, start when you're, you know, 20, moving towards wisdom. And by the time you're, you know, 70, you'll have been going there for 50 years. Yeah. And so you'll have made some progress. And, and it comes with, you know, uh, looking inwardly. It comes with uh, owning up to mistakes. And, and 
importantly, like we were just saying, you know, learning learning from mistakes. That's right. And and learning from the mistakes of others, I, I think, is another huge uh, part of wisdom is, is not feeling like you have to go and experience something uh, and make a huge mistake in order to learn from it. Yeah, and then I like this one. It talks about, in the hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Verse 9. Mm-hmm. And then it also says in here, you know, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And I like these these ideas, like we humans like to think that we have the answers. Or verse 2 also is related to it. You know, all the person's ways seem pure to them, but the motives are weighed by the Lord. And it's just this kind of whole thing. So, so humans have this amazing ability to justify our actions, to, to sure. make everything that we want to do seem like the right thing to do. And so if you want a new car, well, we can say, you know, this one's going to get a little better gas mileage or we'll pay less in maintenance on it. Like ignoring the fact that, you know, the $400 or $500 a month car payment and the high insurance bill goes with the new car. We ignore all that and we say, well, let's look at the gas mileage. And like, sure, on gas mileage, maybe you save, you know, a dollar a week by using a little <laughs> less gas. But that's not the only factor. And we, we humans, we do that. We just justify whatever we want to do. We make it feel like the only inevitable right thing that we always should have done. And it's, it's if Jesus were here, that's what he would tell us to do. And so, and so we justify it and it says that all the person's ways seem pure to them. But we know that all of everybody's ways aren't pure, right? That's right. And we know that when we think about ourselves. And so we say, but it says what's important is, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. he's going he's gonna to cut in. He's going to see what's going on in your heart. And if you just want a new car, then just say, I want a new car. and Go buy a new car. If you got the money, like... Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to justify it. Just do what you're going to do uh, and be happy. Live the life you want to live. Don't. We shouldn't try to make everything that we do this like spiritual right. Because that means the people who aren't doing what we're doing are doing a spiritual wrong, right? And it sets up that, that world we live in now where if I'm right and you disagree with me, well, then you're wrong. Right, right. And, and a lot of things are just opinion. Yeah, and, and the picture of... <clears throat> The uh, a person planning his way, you know, and and the plans that we sometimes make, and uh, and <laughs> you know, it's the it's the old kind of joke, you know, the the best way to make God laugh is to make a plan. Yeah, tell me your plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you've got you know how God orders orders our steps, and and you know He has the ultimate plan. Right, because God and, is in control. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and then the last, the last verse I thought it'd be good to, to hit on, because I think this is frequently misunderstood or misapplied, where people um, try to use this in a, in a selfish way. I think verse 3, where it's commit your, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It's like, oh, okay. You know, if I That's say right. a little prayer and I make a plan, then, you know, whatever I plan, it's, God's going to make it happen. You know, like it's a, it's kind of like a almost like a prosperity gospel. Well, it's magic concept. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We 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 talk a lot about prayer and magic and and how prayer isn't magic. In fact, there 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 is no magic in with Jesus. Like he, God is God, and he decides what he's going to do. And there's no formula for us to like. If I follow this formula just right, then God will do what I want him to do. Well, that's a genie, right? Yeah, like exactly. And, and like 
That idea of a genie. A vending machine. Yeah, yeah like a like, Jesus vending machine yeah. where you just like <clears throat> pops out like health and wealth and yeah, that prosperity gospel idea is it's all magic and there's no there's no magic to it. Like if you tie into the church, it doesn't mean you're going to be rich on the other end. Like in fact, you you might be poor because right. like the one of the most famous uh, giving to the Lord examples was the widow's mite and she was giving out of poverty and there's no indication that after Jesus saw her give her little penny that like, she won the lottery. I don't know if Romans had a lottery. I'm sure they did. Anyway, so uh, there's no, no indication that she won a, a lottery the next day. Like, she just gave because she knew it was the right thing to do. And, and, and so much around giving, we want to turn it into this magic thing where if I give, then God's going to bless it and make it all work. And yeah, he's going to make it all work. But it doesn't guarantee you're going to be ri any richer for it. And, right. and so that's the... The idea of uh, commit your plans to the Lord, whatever you do, you should do that, and He will establish your plans, is what it says in in mine. Right. But I think the idea is um, related to the very last proverb in this section, Proverb thirty three, that says, "The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord." Mm -hmm. And just remembering that God's in control. That yeah. At the end of the day, you know, we we have around this area. If you are listening to this in the uh, 757 area you'll see a lot of posters and billboards and spray-painted signs around here that say uh trust god no matter what and i love that saying yeah because no matter what is a lot like a lot you know you get sick that's no matter what you get in a car wreck that's no matter what you uh your, your dog you know uh breaks a leg and you gotta take him to the vet that's no matter what this right. is no matter what happens good or bad we're imploring you with those signs to trust God. Like that, that however the, the lot falls, you know, the cast the lot is how they would make decisions sometimes in the Old Testament. We do it too here. But this is rolling a dice basically and saying, whatever the dice says, that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. And what they're saying is, however the dice fall, God's in control of that. So do what you're going to do, but at the end of the day, God's in control. And if God's in control and he's good, then we can trust him. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think of, uh, you know, the the idea of committing your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It, it kind of reminds me of also, you know, when when those dreams that we have, you know, they we might even be very well-intentioned and and have big dreams, and um, but, but God is able to accomplish more, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And it, it makes me think of um, David when he had the dream to build the temple for, right. for God. And that was a good intention thing. And then God turned it around and said, no, you know, for various reasons, David, because uh, he had shed blood and he was like a warrior king, he, he was not going to be permitted to build the temple. But God said, you know, because you have set out to build me a house, instead I'm going to build you a house. And then that's where it's revealed that, that David will be out of David's line will come the Messiah, which is, you know, would have blown uh, away David's expectations. And, and, you know, so, so some, sometimes God has higher dreams and bigger plans than, than what we, what we imagine. Um, so that, I don't know, that, that's kind of, was just kind of humming with me and thinking about thinking through that verse and not, um, not twisting it out of context or, yeah. In a way that's selfish. Yeah, I think it's totally fair to say that God will do more than you ever dreamed. 
but he'll also do different than you ever dreamed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> sometimes so, in a way we don't like. And sometimes we may or may not like the way it works out. And if you think about that, going back to David, is that God established David's throne forever, but there was a break, right? That, yeah. That his son, um, when he died, the kingdom um, was immediately divided into Judah and Israel. Like as, as soon as his son died, the next, his grandson um, behaved stupidly, honestly, and sure. <laughs> divided the kingdom up. And, um, and so the fulfillment of that was Jesus and God always planned and meant Jesus. And so Jesus is better than David ever could have imagined. Right. But it's also different. Like if David was watching, he was like, Oh, I didn't want that. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to see the kingdom immediately parceled out and, and then taken over and taken into exile. Yeah. Um, but all of that was good because it gives us Jesus. And because they were in exile, you get the three wise men and you get all that, that prophecy ful fulfillment. And so it's, it's, God's plans are, are beautiful, um, but often that beauty is in retrospect. Yeah. You have yeah, to look back and, and see it. And David <clears throat> did not see that fulfillment by the end of his lifetime, obviously. Yeah, and, so, and, and he never would have predicted it. Right, yeah. exactly. So. Well, it's good. So Proverbs uh, 16 has got a lot of good stuff here. There's the things we talk about, but there's a lot more about uh, how we should behave and how our lives should look if we're going to live uh, righteously uh, while God has us on this earth. I would encourage you to read it, um, to chew on it, to meditate on it today, and um, let us know what you get out of it because we'd sure love to hear it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks, guys.